Friday, December 8th, 2017, my home office, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. You know, I should probably involve myself in, uh, in fewer things. Yeah, because that might actually help me to write this book. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Creatively Genuine, a podcast about writing a creative nonfiction novel. And you may have noticed that after starting the writing process on Wednesday, I did not podcast yesterday. My apologies for that. Here's the truth. Um, I own a photography business. Uh, it's a wedding photography business. I also do portraiture. Um, and uh, I had to put out some fires yesterday, which any owner of a small business can understand. And when you start putting out fires, uh, you're jumping from one thing to the next. It takes up a lot of time and energy. And quite frankly, I arrived at what I had hoped to be my writing time yesterday, exhausted and mentally, I just wasn't there. And I wished I could. I tried, but I could tell that the quality of the prose and the creativity just was not flowing out of me. And so I decided to fold it and start over again today. Sometimes I think as a writer, it's important to recognize when maybe you just don't have it. I mean, we try every day to write. I think it's good to write even when things are not uh, going the way you think that they should go. But I think it's also uh, wise to realize, you know what? I just don't have it today. I need to take a step back, take a breath and try again tomorrow. And that's what we did. I, I didn't podcast yesterday because I didn't really write. I had nothing that I felt was of value to share to the audience. Today, however, I picked it back up. I've written about 1,300 words as I'm continuing through chapter one. So let's dive in a little bit about what I wrote about, how I wrote it, and um, talk about this chapter. It's the opening chapter to my book, For Him I Sing, which is about the investigation and the search for my father's birth mother. So as you know, if you had listened to a previous podcast, chapter one begins with what I imagine to be uh, the scene of my father's kidnapping. He is six months old. It's 1957 in Cincinnati. My grandfather, as I imagine it, has finished his, has finished his shift at the rail yard probably second shift so that he could uh, commit this crime in the middle of the night. He drives across the city of Cincinnati, goes to the apartment of his mistress with whom he has had this baby. Um, and in what I, what we believe to be an act of violence, barges into the apartment, snatches the child and tells his teenage mistress, you will never see this child again. That scene is the scene that I wrote on Wednesday, and today we continue through chapter one. I had hoped to finish chapter one. I didn't, and I want to explain a little bit why later in this podcast. Today, however, I want to share with you where chapter one is going, um, because you might think that the danger from my father is final. It might be over because the violence between his father and his mother uh, is finally done after uh, my grandfather has left the apartment. He has taken the baby, put him in the car, and now begins to drive across the city of Cincinnati to his home in a neighborhood called Price Hill. 
Um, so you might think at that point, okay, it's obviously not good that, uh, that my grandfather has uh, essentially kidnapped his son from his mistress. However, there is one more confrontation to happen in chapter one. So my grandfather um, brings his son to his home, which is, again, in this neighborhood called Price Hill. And according to the story that I was told about five, six years ago, when I first learned about all these events, my grandfather's wife, her name is Mary Catherine. This is the person that I grew up believing and knowing as my grandmother. Mary Catherine at this time has pretty much had enough of Bud's antics. Bud is my grandfather. Uh, she has told Bud that they certainly can reconcile their marriage. They can work on it and hopefully move forward together. However, Mary Catherine is aware that Bud has had a baby boy with another woman, and she has told Bud, you are welcome back into this house, but if you bring this baby into the house, I will kill it. She had threatened to kill my father. So Bud, however, is a ex-Marine, a railroader. He's 34 years old. He's built like a middleweight boxer. Um, doesn't have the tone of a middleweight boxer, but he certainly has the stature of such. Um, he carries uh, the baby into the house and the baby's crying, he's wailing, and my, my grandfather lays the baby on the couch. And the cries are filling the house now. It's late at night, obviously uh, it's waking anybody up in the house. My grandfather walks down a hallway, goes to uh, the bedroom to change. Um, I don't know if Mary Catherine is there or not in that particular bedroom. You would think that they are sharing a bedroom, but um, that may not have necessarily been the case. Either way, my grandfather goes into a room and changes clothes, and he can hear the baby crying until, all of a sudden, silence. And he thinks to himself, Jesus Christ, Mary Catherine did it. And he goes running down the hallway. And when he, he goes into the living room, he's expecting to see a horrifying vision. But instead, what he finds is Mary Catherine cradling the baby and talking to the baby, soothing the baby, helping the baby stop crying. And it's in that moment that Mary Catherine becomes his mother, um, or at least his mother figure. And Bud and Mary Catherine agree to raise that child as their own. Bud and Mary Catherine's intention is to never tell the baby, whose name is Michael, the truth about his birth, the truth about who his real mother was, a teenage parochial school dropout uh, who um, had an affair with Bud. Bud took the child and told her she would never see the baby again. And that is the last night that my father saw or knew his birth mother. So it's February, or I don't know if it's February, but it's 1957. I think it is February because that's when my father would have been six months old. Um, and that's the night that he's taken away from his true birth mother. And it's also the night 
when he becomes the son of Bud and Mary Catherine. And the pact that they made was probably made that night. We will raise this child as our own and never tell him the truth. That's how chapter one is going to end. I started working on uh, the middle of chapter one today. I did not reach the end of it, but that's where it's going. Again, it, it's, it's a challenge because I wasn't there, obviously. I wasn't born. My father had just been born. Um, and, the, and nobody alive today um, can bear witness to what happened. This is the legend that has been passed down to me. And as a creative nonfiction writer, I have to figure out how best to tell this, how to stay true to the story, but to present it to readers creatively. So that's what I'm working on right now. Um, I'm hoping to finish it up early tomorrow morning. And I wanted to share with you um, something that I think is important for writers, particularly if you're going to write a book. It is December 8th, so um, what is known as Na NaNoWriMo ended uh, about a week ago. And if you're not familiar with what NaNoWriMo is, that is known as National Novel Writing Month. And a lot of ambitious writers will begin on November 1st, and they will pledge to write, say, 2,000 words a day all the way through uh, November with the hopes that by the, by the time you reach the end of November, you have written, you have written a complete novel. I did not participate this year in NaNoWriMo. I actually have never participated in NaNoWriMo. Um, I'm kind of doing a version of it now. But here's the thing. I'm not too keen on the idea of arbitrary daily word counts. I feel that if you make a daily word count goal, you are putting pressure on yourself that is in many ways unrelated to the mechanics of writing a, a novel. And what I mean by that is, it's not about the word count, it's about the story you're telling and the manner in which you are telling it. So if you make a daily word count goal, uh, great, but what does that have to do with the story you're telling? Maybe you can tell the story in uh, a thousand words instead of 2,000 words. You know what I mean? So. I don't set daily word count goals for myself. If you do and that works for you, if that spurs your creativity, I'm not going to talk you out of that. But what I'm going to suggest to a lot of writers out there is instead of word count goals on a daily basis, make writing scenes on a daily basis your goal. And what I mean by that is I like to finish a writing session when I am done with a scene not when I've reached a word count. I feel satisfied when, if I have a writing session or if I've been writing all day and when I reach the end, I'm also at the end of a, of a scene, then the next day I can pick the writing right back up where I left and write a new scene. I feel that the day has been accomplished and I don't feel like I am ending the writing session in the middle of something important. I've also found that if I do that, if say I'm writing a scene and I've reached the end of my writing session and I have to go and I'm in the middle of that scene and I'm just feeling that scene, you know, all those emotions are, are coming out. Well, what happens if I have to sleep, get up the next day, and for whatever reason, I'm not feeling the same feelings. I'm not finding the same inspiration. 
That is why I don't like to end my writing sessions in the middle of a scene. That is a, a important reason to me why I focus on writing daily scenes. So I hope that helps. I, I, I know that it kind of goes against this tide of NaNoWriMo or daily word count goals, but I would encourage you to try focusing on writing one, two, or three scenes in a, in a day and finishing when you are done with that last scene and then picking it up the, picking it up the next day. Thank you so much for coming and hanging out with me here at Creatively Genuine. It's a daily podcast by just one writer who is in the process of writing a creative nonfiction novel. And I'm here to talk about the process, the ups, the downs, the successes, the failures, um, and the stories behind the story that I am writing. I will be back at it tomorrow. I'm planning on being up before the dawn, right back here at this desk, working to finish chapter one. I'm excited about tomorrow, not only because of finishing chapter one, but also there is snow in the forecast here in my part of Pennsylvania. <laughs> I just, I get excited, honestly, for the first snow of the year. Um, our, our, our winters here in central Pennsylvania tend to be dull, gray, lifeless uh, experiences. So whenever snow finally, finally comes, I get excited. I'm excited for my kids so that they can, uh, they can go sledding. So, and I also imagine, and maybe this is just the old romantic in me, sitting at my desk, coffee in hand, writing this story, snow out the window. I mean, who wouldn't love that scene, right? So again, thanks for coming and hanging out, and we will see you tomorrow. <laughs>